Hey ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Mel Herbert here for a Talking Tesla Tweener. I don't know how to name these because the last uh, show we did was a full show for the patrons. It was 137, but a lot of you won't see that because it's behind the patron wall. But you should become patrons so you could see all of the shows. It was with the boys. It was great. It was amazing. It was huge. It was large. But since we did that one, we had the Boring Company event and somehow we got invited. We got wangled a two and then a one. And so all three of us went down there. So I'll tell you sort of my experience very quickly because no doubt the boys are going to do a full update because I didn't go to the whole thing and here's why. So Tom and I drove in about hour and a half, two hour traffic. It was terrible. It was everything that Elon said is bad about living in LA. The traffic was horrible and the whole time I was thinking like this is uh, kind of ironic that we're in the traffic going to see the boring company show that's going to be all about how we get rid of this traffic. So uh, we drove down there and it was the usual sort of Tesla event. And if we uh, show the slides here, I can show you, um, you know, we got this big um, sort of picture that looked like this and sort of like the light at the end of the tunnel kind of stuff. So we get to this event and we are going to expect to see the the hole and we're going to drive in one of these really amazing autonomous sort of vehicles and all that stuff. And it turns out that um, my biggest beef was the shardies and everything were fine. I had a vegan hot dog. It was all wonderful. But in the hole is where Elon did the presentation. So there was at least half the people were up top who couldn't really see it. So we watched it on a TV screen with the audio piped in. And at that point, I realized I'm not going to get a ride on that little uh, tram thing down there, which turns out to be an X with funky wheels that come out. I'm not going to get on that for like five or six hours. So I got in the car and went home (laughs) and watched the show online. But the boys actually stayed for a long time because that's what they do. And they went in, had a ride in uh, this X, which is a modified X with sort of wheels that come out. And you go into this track rather than what we thought was going to be a skid that's gone. Um, There wasn't sort of a little bus thing. It's just an X. So things have changed a lot. So I want to go through this because a lot of people have um, been sort of saying this thing is a terrible idea. Well, here is how I see it. Look, uh, first of all, it's changed a lot. And he was talking about this autonomous bus that at the end of your trip could sort of go onto the road and then drive you around. And so what he was, he was playing us for a fool, actually, he was just saying any electric vehicle is going to go on this thing. And if it's an autonomous electric vehicle like an X or something like that, at the other end, it'll get out and drive you there. So that's both cool and a little bit weird. I don't know why they changed so much stuff. No skate anymore that you sit on and it pulls you along kind of thing. Um, no bus. They're just going to have electric vehicles and only electric vehicles because they don't want gas vehicles in there because all of that fumes and stuff is going to be toxic. But if you've got an EV, you don't have those fumes. Thank you very much. The ride itself, I didn't do. Again, we'll talk to the boys next uh, week when we record. It was really rough. And he made a joke about the fact that they're going to get a better pay there and it's going to be as smooth as glass once they do it right. So they couldn't go very fast. They said the fastest they've had this thing up to is about 110 miles an hour, but pretty hairy, it sounds like. And so here is uh, what I think, because a lot of people said this is crazy, it's not going to work, it's uh, another Elon thing, it's a stupid idea, but if you go back in time, Elon's uh, stupid ideas eventually will work, maybe not when he said they were going to work, often much later than he said, but really there's not one of them that hasn't worked yet, full autonomy is the next one we're going to see if it works, but I believe he can pull this off because he believes he can pull it off, 
and uh, he is pretty driven. So if they can make their tunnels as cheap as they say they can, they say they can get it down to $10 million per mile, cost about a billion dollars per mile for a standard big tunnel in most places, at least here in the United States. If they can make it go safely at 120 miles an hour, so you're talking an X, an X, an X, and another X going 120 miles an hour really close to each other, that would be cool if they can do it safely. If they can provide cars and transportation at low cost for people who don't have Teslas, fantastic. They say they're going to do that. So they'll have sort of uh, Teslas that are in the system that will be able to drive around and maybe you can attach your bike to it and you hop in and do all that stuff. So you don't have to own a Tesla. You would have to pay some fee, obviously, to do that. Now, if they can get many of these tunnels, because one tunnel isn't going to get it done. If they can do a lot of these tunnels, and he talked about sort of layering them you know, enough tunnels so that you can do all the traffic in the United States within the LA area. If they can do that, great. If they can um, put a hyperloop in it so that you can go from here to San Francisco or here to Santa Cruz or here to New York one day, and then when you get there, have a set of tunnels and pop you out exactly where you want to be, wouldn't that be amazing? If you could use this for fast delivery, and I think this is where this is going to be at its best and biggest, so Amazon has one of these things drilled all the way to it, and now Amazon can bring you your stuff into the city really quickly and bypass all the traffic. That would be amazing. And if the Amazon X crashes with all your stuff in it, that's not so bad as when you're in it, for example. Now, if you can do all of this and power all those cars and the drilling with renewable energy, now we're getting somewhere. And if the maintenance on those tunnels is low because you've only got electric cars and stuff in there, um, maybe this is amazing. Maybe this is really a game changer in the truest sense of the world. I'm a bit of a believer in this. I think the physics here uh, makes sense to me. If they can get that price down, this makes actually an enormous amount of sense to me. Rather than stacking things three-dimensionally in the air with flying aircraft, doing it underground three-dimensionally with multiple tunnels um, makes a lot of sense. I'm a big fan of the London tube system. I think it is fantastic. And basically what we're talking about here is a much cheaper, faster tube system. Now, a lot of people have said, look, this doesn't make sense. You still will need to have sort of a, a train-like thing where you can pack a lot of people in for mass transport. That may be true, but I think they can modify it for something like that later on. So let's move on from that because we're going to talk about that a lot on the main show. I want to talk about Powerwall. So six months ago, I was told that uh, I couldn't have a Powerwall. I'd done all the work and they said, look, we can't keep up. We're not even going to talk to you for six months. I just got the email a couple of weeks ago I talked about that they are now going to install my Powerwall. I'm actually having three of them put on and we'll obviously video record that and tell you how the whole thing went. But a number of people have asked, well, how many Powerwalls do I need? So if we go to... Uh, tesla.com here if we show the slide or actually show um, this is tesla.com so you can go onto the tesla website so it's uh, tesla.com forward slash powerwall and you can go on there and you can size your system so let's do for the studio here the studio is actually in a big residential house and let's say it's about four and a half thousand square feet of course it is so um, it says you need like two power walls to do that if you're going to continuously run during a power outage for about one day. So there's a big earthquake, there's a power outage. If we had two power walls on a sort of a standard house, it's a very big house, um, then uh, you could run the house for a day. But I don't want to run it for a day. I want to run it for more. So I want to run it all the time. Let's say the power's out for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. What this is saying, if you've linked it with a big enough solar uh, system, then you could have enough energy here from the solar during the day, plus any excess you put into the batteries, you'll be able to do this forever. Let's go back to the, to the website because I want to do some more stuff there. Um, 
But that's in a house that's basically kind of shut down. So if you add air conditioning, air conditioning uses a lot of energy. Well, we still only need three. Good. But what about if I want to charge my car? Now they're saying, okay, if you want to start doing that kind of thing, and you can look at the assumptions here. This is assuming that you're only going to drive like 40 miles a day. Then you need another power wall. And if you have a pool pump, which is a power sucker, um, then you still only need four. So you can play with this thing, size your house, and be aggressive. I say down here, assume that all of this stuff is going to be needed, and try and have seven days backup. It'll tell you how much you need, and then you can go down and see how much it's going to cost. The base for this is about 27900 So the, the price I got for three power walls to be installed was about $20,000. And I'll tell you why I think that that might be worthwhile, and we're going to do the numbers, because we have a solar system here at the studio, which is more than enough energy to do the sort of the residential part of the place and the studio part of the place, making more than 50 to 75 kilowatt hours a day, depending on the time of year. And that's more energy than we use. But because of the way they do the charging for the rates, we still have a reasonably significant power bill because they do time of use. So when the sun goes down and everybody comes home, electricity is at its most expensive and we're using some of it then. So even though during the day we've made more than we need, we're still being charged. So very excited. It's going to happen in, they say, sort of the second half of January, they're going to come and install. We'll see. Then what happens is that the inspectors have to come out. And so I don't expect this thing to get turned on until February, maybe even late February, because we're having some issues with our solar inspector right now. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, on this tweener, there is so much to talk about, but it's going to have to wait till the next show. And we're going to record the next show, November 27th, and get it out as fast as we can. Is this little thing here, again, if we go to the website, this little thing here, I just had one today. So like a lot of people, I'm trying to significantly reduce my carbon footprint through what I eat. I love meat and uh, I like chicken, I like beef, I love it all. But it is really an inefficient way to have food. It uh, produces a lot of methane gas and it is an environmental disaster. So the less meat you can eat, the better. So Tom, for example, has been for a while a weekday vegetarian, which is a good way to get into this. During the week, say, I'm going to be a vegetarian, and then on the weekends when you're with your friends and you want to go and have a nice meal, do that. That alone can significantly reduce the amount of meat you eat. But that's hard for a lot of people because we've grown up used to eating meat, and we like it. And it's hard, except for people um, who are really dedicated to stop eating meat. But the meat substitute market is really getting good. So I just had one of these today. It's called The Impossible. It's a fake meat thing. And it's in lots of different places. And sometimes it's at Costco. And uh, I just had one today from um, Fatburger. And I got to tell you, it was pretty good. I wouldn't fool yourself, though. It didn't really taste like a really great hamburger, but it tasted like a really good burger. And I've had a chicken one at a vegan place down the road using a very similar thing. And that one was even better. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you don't think you can reduce your meat because you're such a meat eater, go check some of these out. If there's a place that has the Impossible Burgers, go try them out. There's a lot of these tofu things. And I got to tell you, I grew up eating steak six days a week on the farm in Australia. So it's really been hard for me to reduce. But this stuff is getting good. I've significantly reduced my meat consumption and I don't feel like I've been ripped off. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The Impossible. This was a tweener. So much more to talk about. We will see you on the next main show recording November 27th. Try and get it out November 28th. Have a good Christmas holiday period. Herbert out. Oh, we didn't show the, the guys. We had a in-studio audience the whole time. Check them out. Look at these guys. Fantastic. All right, now...
Bonjour, Boulard.